0: Hey, Scarlet City. My name is Nick Nye, and I am excited to be able to bring some scripture this Advent season. Um, one of the things about me that you might find interesting or might give some cred is that I'm actually an Eagle Scout. And I'm sure you're asking, what is an Eagle Scout? Um, well, it's the highest rank in Boy Scouts that one can receive. And so for me, my whole life, my family, had this idea that if I had the highest rank in Boy Scouts, the Eagle Scout, then my resume would automatically be considered above and beyond everybody else's. Because you have these famous people who were uh, Eagle Scouts. There's presidents, there's senators, there's famous athletes, and even Neil Armstrong has the Eagle Scout. And so, of course, uh, for me, I figured that Everything I did would rise to the occasion and uh, be amazing because I was an Eagle Scout. But one of the things that uh, being an Eagle Scout prepared me for or ingrained in me was their motto, Be Prepared. And uh, that still is something that plays into my life a lot. It's an underlying theme that I carry. Um, And this theme of getting prepared is a theme that often gets brought up a lot during the Advent season. We prepare. We, we have this buildup uh, before Christmas, a whole month where we get ready. I mean, we might have shopping plans or the holly jolly music or putting up Christmas lights or doing an Advent reading, which we do at our house so that we get ready for the big day, Christmas. But I wonder if Christians are preparing for the right thing, are we really preparing for the right thing? Fleming Rutledge, in her book on Advent, she says that Advent is superficially understood as a time to get ready for Christmas, but in truth, it's the season for contemplating God's judgment. That statement both caught me off guard And is very different than anything our culture or even our churches might be preparing for. Not Christmas Day, but she's saying it's the season for contemplating the judgment of God. Well, for the next few few minutes we have together, uh, I think it's fitting to get to the source, to really look at some scripture, look at the Bible, and see um, where preparation is really embodied, and I think it's best embodied in Jesus' mother Mary. Uh, how does she prepare? How does her preparation change the way we prepare today? We'll see, in Luke chapter 1, we see a series of preparation that that Mary goes through there's some discernment, uh, some discerning and some deconstructing. there is some surrender and then, towards the end of the chapter, there is this huge celebration for her this this joyful, soulful rejoicing that she goes through and so let 's walk through Luke chapter one to see mary 's preparation and to see what she 's really preparing for so in verses. Uh, 26 through 38, an angel named Gabriel came to Mary and told her that she was the chosen virgin who would usher in Emmanuel, which is God with us. She would carry the long awaited Messiah. And of course, Gabriel's presence as this angelic being brought a sense of doubt in Mary how could this be? Does she? Does, does anybody even know who I am? Like, what, do, what does this mean? This, this doesn't even make sense. And, and that same doubt that Mary carried, actually, Zacharias, earlier in the chapter of Luke, he carried that same doubt. And actually, Zacharias was muted by God for his doubt. But Mary, she's kind of got the same kind of doubt, but there seems to not uh, be the muting part. But Luke writes in, in verse 29, But Mary was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. What kind of news was he actually bringing? She's wrestling with this. I mean, here's young Mary. She's thinking, is this really an angel, or have I gone crazy? Is this, what kind of, this, this news does not make sense to my theological grid. So she's discerning. And this discernment This is the first step in preparation for Jesus. Now, often for us, step number one is, let's crank Mariah Carey. But that's not what Mary's doing. Um, She's pondering. She's thinking. She's discerning. She's wondering. Mary has some dark, troubled questions. I mean, she grew up believing that God does not dwell with man. But she was wrestling with whether to embrace the idea or not, to change her mind. She had to go through a process of really changing her mind and changing her worldview and changing her theology here to believe, if it's true, that God would become a man, even if it went against common sense. But she needed to discern. But if we keep reading, the discernment process uh, takes some time. As uh, the angel Gabriel explains, she is going to give birth to Jesus, but there's a big problem. In verse 34, she adds this, "'How will this be since I'm a virgin?' None of it made sense, but she's trying to discern, you see. She's trying to ask the right questions and figure things out. None of it made sense, but she's trying to understand. Not just stalwarting. She's not just standing against the truth, and she's not just pushing um, all the, this this aside. How, she's asking. She's looking for some footholds. She's looking for some handles of faith. And the angel sees this journey, sees this process, and this is a journey for Mary to understand, it's not to block what's happening. Mary's heart is not hard, and she's not coming at this with her arms crossed and saying, I don't, this, no, I don't get this. She's coming really trying to understand. So he answers, the the angel answers her, explains, details how the Holy Spirit will come upon her and create life within her, that God will make this birth happen. So listen, If you have questions and are willing to hear answers, Christianity actually invites you into that process. Christianity is a faith that invites you to discern its own validity. It it invites you to find answers. Now, you and I know that there are just some people who are career doubters. They just doubt for doubting's sake. And of course, career doubters rarely, if ever, are willing to doubt their own doubts. But Christianity says, if you have real questions, if you have deep questions, even hard ones, and you're willing to hear real answers, bring it. Advent is preparation. It's about bringing those real questions, the deepest, darkest soul-affecting questions to the surface and giving them to God. This is the first part of preparing ourselves for Advent, discerning. Well, the second part of Mary's preparation is found in her final response to the angel. As she's discerning in verse 29 and wondering how in verse 34, she now enters into this willful surrender, saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Do you hear that surrender in her? Look at look at what's behind that statement. She isn't resigning as if to say, whatever, um, fine. You know, she, it's not this sort of resignation here where she's not em- brainlessly embracing this plan. It's not like that. What you see in Mary's acceptance is that it doesn't fully make sense to her. She doesn't quite understand. She can't quite see to the other side or to the end of it, but she's willing to follow. One New York City pastor, Tim Keller, comments on this story saying, Some people will make no move towards Jesus at all unless it all comes together for them rationally, emotionally, personally. For them, it's either rapturous joy in God or nothing at all. But sometimes you can only do what Mary does, just submit and trust despite the fears and reservations. That gives you a foothold for moving forward. So maybe you just need a foothold today. You aren't going to get all the answers you need. You aren't going to have everything fall into place so that Christianity is bulletproof, or Christmas is now all smiles, but you just need one foothold today. Mary went forward in her preparation like this. She took that one foothold and she surrendered, and when she did, it wasn't long before she felt another foothold of confirmation. If you know the the rest of Luke chapter 1, you know in verse 40 when she meets... Um, her cousin Elizabeth, who has John the Baptist in her womb, and there is this significant transformation that happens, this, this jumping of joy. Elizabeth knows that Mary is carrying the Messiah, and, and John leaps in her womb, and there's this sort of wow moment. This Okay, there's another step. There's another piece of evidence that something important is going on here. And this only increases her willful surrender and gives her that next foothold of preparation, which we get to verse 46. And that is, this next step is this soulful rejoicing. She says my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my savior. She connects all that is happening. She takes it all and she moves from discerning the news to surrendering to it to finally rejoicing that the come in the coming Messiah Jesus. It's not it's not about begrudgingly submitting herself to God, but it's about This heartfelt joy. You you see, faith, faith isn't just merely a mental submission or a duty. But it's supposed to get all the way to our emotions. It's supposed to get all the way to our affections. It's not robotic. It's supposed to move our desires. And sometimes that takes time sometimes we need to get past again the the arms crossed the stubborn doubter the re, reconstructor deconstructor stuff we need to free our emotions and celebrate and rejoice and Mary finally got to that point her preparation was getting to that place where she is wanting to rejoice if we if we can't get to celebration if we can't get to that joy, if we don't experience joy, if we don't find our desires drawn to God himself, then eventually we're going to go and look for something else that will. We're going to go try to find that somewhere else. We're going to attempt to capture these desires in many other things, but those, all those other things will definitely let us down. So can, can you sense the journey of preparation Mary is on. I mean, these simple steps that she's taken, these steps of faith that she's taken, she's discerning, she's surrendering. And in that faith, in that humility, there is a soulful rejoicing that bubbles up out of her, that overwhelms her. But what about us? What about us where we are? Are we just to be on our merry way, falling in line with the sort of Western commercial holiday cheer? How can we be good scouts and be prepared for what the season really is about? And of course, we follow Mary's example. I mean, Mary's example is powerful, but it's, but for us, this is not just a remembrance of Jesus' Birth in Nazarene 2000 plus years ago. But as we look forward to Jesus' return to us, Advent isn't just the time we merely pretend that baby Jesus hasn't arrived yet. It's not just the anticipation. We're trying to imagine ourselves 2,000 years ago getting ready for Jesus' birth, and uh, even though he hasn't arrived, it's not like we're treating Christmas as the big birthday. Advent is meant to prepare our souls, our very lives, for Jesus coming to us literally any day now. There is a legit preparation that we can embark on today. This preparation isn't just imagining what the preparation was like when Jesus came the first time. There is a legit preparation and and journey that we can start to take right here and right now as we wait for Jesus to come today. Now, maybe this changes your perspective on what you're really preparing for. Maybe it makes it more real or tangible and applicable for your very actions today. That you, you again, that you aren't trying to just remember what happened t- 2,000 years ago, but you're actually seeing this season as a preparation of anticipation of the king. I hope it does. I hope it actually changes our perspective a little bit and that it brings it a little bit more real into our hearts, into our lives, into our actions. Um, I hope that it causes um, our preparation to look ahead and see that the King is coming. And that's our cry of hope, that the King is coming. That's why Mary uh, takes her journey, why we discern, why we surrender, why we rejoice The king is coming to gather all those who are found in him, who are in the light. That's why the gospel is good news. Because Jesus' birth some 2,000 years ago, his life, his death on the cross, opens the path for us to walk on with God today. And, And we walk on this path today as those eager and ready for Jesus to come again and make all things new. Let's pray. Lord, I know that um, there may be chaos in the living room and there may be um, uh, some other thing going on in our life right now, but I pray that you might stop all of us together as one body and remind us of what we're preparing for. God, that we aren't just preparing in remembrance, but that we're actually preparing for something powerful, a a, a return of you, and uh, anticipation in that. So give us that mindset, give us that heart, give us that vision of what that could be, and help us to start preparing right now, preparing in our hearts. God, that we might discern, that we can surrender, and that we can find that real joy that Mary had. In Jesus' name, amen.